welcome to the Moviecation Podcast. I am your host, Brady, with my co-hosts, Joe and Tyler. Cole is on sabbatical this evening. Yeah, we'll call that word in my life. <laughs> we'll call it that. Yep. <laughs> that oh, that's work. not a Sprite, man. Come on. It's a ginger ale. It's a ginger ale. Because I, I made it, that. It's blurred. Well, we're not sponsored, so Ooh. there you go. <laughs> Seagram's best ginger ale on the market. No, I got ginger ale this time because I was making that drink with the orange juice and the pineapple juice, which you're supposed to put wine wine in it, but I, you know me. Yeah, um, I was like, I was like, isn't that a mimosa? Minus the but you but you put the sprite in it as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. plus the white wine, plus the OJ, plus the pineapple juice. So I'd I did it all without with, like, the white vodka. wine. <laughs> but I'm not drinking, so I did it all without the alcoholic part. Yeah, totally. And, damn it. Um, the sprite. <laughs> I don't know, the Sprite came out a little too strong with it, and so I tried it with ginger ale instead, and I was like, it has a better flavor because you can actually taste, like, all three mixed together a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, I had found these little glass bottles of ginger ale. Pretty good. On the glass bottle? Mm-hmm. Classy. Nice. How's it going, fella? Doing all right? I'm tired. Bro, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> Actually, it's only been two weeks. Shit. We've gone. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> You're We're already off to a good start here. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of movies and news, so that's fun. Um, I, I like that we took a couple weeks off um, because it was nice to be able to watch. I know most of us watched at least three new releases that came out this past week couple weeks like it seemed like the last two weeks have a lot of big ish releases in a way i mean i know one of them was more bigger than the rest and someone will fall to the wayside but like it's just it seemed kind of interesting that i feel like for the first time in a long time it's been like boom 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 on releases yeah it's nice like probably like an end of summer push to get those last streams in yeah for sure mm-hmm. um so I guess let's start with the news. Let's uh, last time we met, we talked about the oh wait before I guess before that. Uh, other than like our usual watches are what we were supposed to watch for the show. Have you guys watched anything interesting, new, different? I know Joe and I watched the Manti Teo. I'm only like halfway through episode two of that. Untold. I watched them both yesterday, both episodes. Um. Tyler, do you know much about the Manti Teo story? I've I've heard a little bit about it. I I didn't pay attention to it. I know the the dude got catfished or something like that. Yeah, he got catfished. Uh, it took place like t- uh, 2008 to about 2013. Um, 2013 is when it broke because that's when shit got weird. Yeah, that's when shit got weird and, and real. Um, I remember all of this because you know I was you know I've I'm a sports fan and I was watching all of this unfold and. It was, it was weird to me because it was something I did not know existed. You know, the term catfish was, was brand new to me. So I didn't know what that meant. And, um, which is interesting uh, because that's around like catfish, the TV show, like the documentary movie itself had already been released. It came out in like 2010, but like the MTV show that they shot off of that. Yeah. Had already been like three, four seasons deep. But I, 
I think is like for, for me, like I wasn't watching MTV anymore at that point. And like, but it, I'm, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean, but like, I, it's just I interesting it that still, it's like a term that people still didn't really, unless you were a certain age demographic. Right. And now it's like, more like, Oh, you're getting catfish dude. Like it's like a Google that term. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like exactly. a, in the colloquialism of just everybody. Uh, but for Tyler, yeah, so the, it's a two-part uh, documentary, and it covers his his life, like, growing up in Hawaii, and uh, how... His rise to college. His rise to college and to the NFL, but dealing with being catfished. And uh, so they interview him, and they interview uh, the woman, well, now woman, who was catfishing him at the time. Um, the when she was still a man he knew manti like they were that he knew of him and stuff like that um and he, you know he catfished him and then after all that unfolded i he, was confused on that did they go to high school together i don't think they went to high school together it they it just seems both were from hawaii and maybe on the same island yeah because they like they knew of each other yeah okay so because that's where i was because i know they were interviewing his one friend robbie yeah uh who pretty much figured it out per, pretty instantly yeah um and i know they were literally same team same line that's why they both signed to notre dame so yeah they yeah they were at each other i think i think ronaya might have been older than than Matai because they didn't really say his age or anything unless i missed it but uh anyway so it it shows how at the time ronaya was going through I don't I guess like you can say like an identity crisis because he he didn't really know what was going on in his head and he didn't well, that like, and just like you know acceptance of yourself really too yeah so he starts you know pretending to be a woman online and um, you know his he keeps you know he keeps the story going going and going and he finally you know connects with Manti on on MySpace or Facebook whatever it was they were showing um and that's how their relationship grew and uh how he, like, at one point you know ronaya tried breaking it off and uh like faked the death of the girlfriend like got, got in a car accident she had leukemia and then she died but here's and, the worst part about it dude the day that the day that this person told manti that the girlfriend died was the same day that his grandma legitimately died so Jesus it was literally, Christ. it was literally like he woke up from a, like a call from his parents in the morning. It was like, grandma just died. And then literally hours later, girlfriend's dead. Because they were getting, and, because they got in an argument. That's fucking horrible, man. Yeah. So like all this is happening and um, it's, it's, it's just like it, I knew it all happened, but I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how deep it went. I didn't realize how deep it went. And just watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I remember that. But then seeing, like, how, how like, strategic this guy, the, well, now woman was uh, about doing everything. Because they claimed that it was just them doing everything. There was no other people helping them. It was just them talking to Manti the entire time. And God the damn. crazy, no, 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 no. Her cousin or whatever 
helped her helped her pull it off because she was the voice of Lanaya. No. Yeah, because remember the he said he called like called her sister or cousin or something like that, and the, they were like, "I I'm the I'm the person." Did you get to the Doctor Phil part yet? Oh no! I like I said, I'm only halfway through the second episode, okay. but it's crazy to me You'll because see. like from what I've seen so far, when you when you think catfish, this is like the most textbook definition of what a catfish would do like faking a car accident faking a it's cancer like scare prime example. So, like usually when you watch like the mtv show which i i will say i'm i if it's on i'll watch it because like i'm just like how the fuck are these people? like like it's 2022 and we're like 15 seasons deep in catfish at this point and it's just like well why don't you facetime them well they said their phone's broken like come on bro it's 2022 there's ways around all of this yeah. and you're still getting catfish. And like most of the stuff on the TV show is, you know, um, it's just like someone that they like, sometimes most of it's just like they were in my hometown. They wanted to be friends. They didn't know how to be my friend kind of deal, or they they're gay, but I'm not, but they wanted that relationship with me kind of deal. Um, things like that. This is literally like the most like back ass words textbook. Like I, I got in a car accident. You're the reason I'm breathing right now. Like psychotic ass shit, dude. <laughs> and you got to remember this is, this is the early 2010s. So like things were still, I don't want to say primitive, but still, you know, not as great as we have it now. Not as advanced. Yeah. But uh, we were on like iPhone, like four at this point. It's a trip, man. And uh, like I, I didn't want to watch it because like I, I remember the story and I was like it was just so much and I kind of felt bad for him, you know, after watching it all unfold because it was rough. Like as, and as you watch more right into the second episode, like he's doing the whole tour, you know, the media tour, and they're straight up asking him on like live TV, "Are you gay?" Like just shit, like you don't, you can't do now, you know what I mean? But Back then, like he he says in, he says in the documentary, like he he called his uncle who's who's a lawyer, and the uncle told him that you're being catfished, and he he had no clue what that meant, and you know people didn't know what that meant still really, even though like Brady said the the show was out and everything, and the documentary was already out, it was still a fairly new thing to people, and you know social you know mainstream media didn't really know how to handle it. Of course, it's being covered by all sports you know sports channels and. He was a prime, uh, like he was a top uh, draft pick nominee. They I think the reason, round. I think the reason why it was so covered by sports people, like after the fact, like once they figured out it was a hoax, was because if it if he didn't have the season that he had his senior season, it wouldn't be a big deal. It wouldn't have been a thing. No, because he had that season, everyone blew it up. And I'm wondering what the motive, it, it, it's such a weird, like, because, you know, if you talk to him, the motivation was, oh, my grandma died. And that's what just drove me to play for the season. But like, why was he all of a sudden so good that season? Like he was good before, don't get me wrong. But like that season, he was, he literally took Notre Dame, which had been losing since the nineties to a, to a national championship for the first time in like I mean, since the 90s they were progressively getting better but when he decided to stay for his senior year a lot of players don't do that mm. anymore so that's true if 
if you're going to stay for your final season, like for your final year, you need to step it the fuck up. So I think not, I mean, yes, his, <clears throat> his grandmother passing really boosted him toward the end, but him staying there, like, I think he knew he had to really step it up. So like you, and you usually see that explosion from players who say this is to be their last year and stuff like that at the college level. You usually see them blow up pretty well. Um, but the fact that he was a, you know, a prime uh, NFL draft, you know, like non uh, prospect and stuff like that, it, it wouldn't have been covered as, as hard if he wasn't as big as he was. But since he was like, he was the leader of Notre Dame, he took him to the, to the national championship, um, you know, the whole feel good story and stuff like that. Like it got all this coverage and then to hear it all happen, it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, cause Notre Dame knew and then Deadspin is the one that broke it. And this was before Deadspin was very big. And yeah, even the Deadspin guy that they interviewed was like, at most we would cover like when a meteorologist had like a front, like a cold front that happened to look like a dick yeah. on his like back. Stupid shit like that. That's what yeah. we were covering back then. And then we got an email saying his girlfriend's fake and we ran with it. I will say sports writers do also just tend to latch on to the dumbest things just for a story. Like I think it was you say that and that 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 brings up the point of like I'd had no idea that the Heisman trophy was voted by sports writers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah so because just... he they show him like in the Heisman like celebration and stuff like that, and one of the guys goes 100 percent is because his grandma and his girlfriend died that he that's why he was there. Anybody <laughs> anybody could have that season and they wouldn't be there. Jesus Christ, it's it's all about who's like who's trending well. And granted, the guys who who are who become nominees, it's because they're doing really great, but they're because then they get all the coverage, so everyone's talking about them. And so I was like, okay, well, who do we want? Who do we want to see win? And it's just a popularity contest among sports writers. It's not even necessarily is, about them being good, though, because like what I was trying to say was, I think it was before the 2020 MLB season. There's this whole thing that blew up about a guy was like, he was an Uber driver, like as recently as like spring training. No, I would no. That's like, that's different because the Heisman is is on the college level. Yeah, I'm. I'm just so, talking about in terms of sports writers latching on to stupid shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and I bet they've like talked about it like every time he's like walked up to base or whatever. Like, and what you know, he was an Uber driver. What's like, buddy? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and what's even worse, like you know, this this all unfolded right after the the BCS championship, and so like you get to summertime and you're gonna start talking about draft. And things like What's that. BCS, by the way? Like, are, how are they affiliated with the? Uh... That's the. It's the Bowl Championship Series. So it's like the. So the NCAA. Yeah, are, but they're part of the NCAA. Governs. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a Big Ten conference kind of deal. So it's been a while since I really followed college football, but the way it works, it's the NCAA is the governing body of everything. Yeah. And then, and then you have the BCS, which is all the bowl, like all the championship bowls that they have, because. In college, there's not just one. Yeah, I mean, there's like the there's, Rose Bowl, the Orange yeah, there's, Bowl. There's the national Bowl. championship, and then there's all these other smaller bowls and stuff like that. Um, but before they had the, the BCS, uh, it was like the national championship was rotating between a certain bowl. So like, like one year, the Rose Bowl would be for the national championship. Uh, 
maybe the next year. The Fiesta Bowl might be for the national championship. Just depends on whatever one. But after a while, they switch it to the BCS national championship uh, to make it like a finalized. This is the main game. There's no more rotating between the bowls. It's this is the main game. Um, but yeah, the, except the and you know just the way how how you know meticulous that you know especially for the NFL like they fucking analyze everything about players. And you know this it's such a big story to talk about. You know, so you have like you know day after the you know championship. Up until draft day, that's probably the most talked about thing because he's, you know, more information's coming out. You know, he's on the the tour trying to explain himself and things like that. It's it's rough, man. Does the NFL so the NHL does multiple like player awards? Like they have like the um heart trophy, which is like the most assists in the season or some shit like that. Like, do they do trophies like that or is it or is it literally you either win the super bowl or you don't no so they have they have individual trophies for uh for players um like because get... I, the reason i ask is just because there's also a team-wide one that goes to the team that sells out the most games that has the most atten- attendance consistently no, the team that never wins it is the Florida Panthers. And I can pull up pictures and show you why they never win it. Cause it's literally the most depressing. It's literally like one person watching the game. So I'm just wondering if like the NFL will jump on someone like Manti Teo because they'll be like, he'll put asses in seats because they'll want to see him play because they attach to his story. Well, at that point, nobody really wanted him. So he was, he was projected to be a first round draft pick, which is when they do the draft, they televise it. The first night is only the first round. Second night's the second round. And I think it's only those two days. And then from there, they, they continue the draft, but it's not televised. The thing is though, if you're, if you're drafted in the first round, you're usually a very, very, you know, your top tier player. You're going to get a good signing uh, like rookie contract. You're making millions. If you get picked up outside of the second round, you're not making as much. So he was projected to to be a, a first round draft pick, and he didn't go in the first. Did round. he go third? He went second. Third um, in the second round, though. That, uh, I think I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he, you know, he loses. He lost out on you know sponsors. You know sponsorships off the off the bat and stuff like that, and. The teams will tell you it's because they don't want to mess with the the media of all that, and and NFL teams will do that. They, you know, if they don't want to mess with something, you know that will that will lose credibility for you. Like you can be you could be the next Tom Brady, but if you got you know arrested that summer three times for for driving while intoxicated, they'll pass you up. So it's just you know they. The thing is, you know, everyone talks about it. They protect the shield, which is the, the NFL logo. You know, it's it's all about trying to look good and stuff like that. Granted, there are players that have a lot of shit happening. Um, I.e. like the big one right now is the Deshaun Watson case. Um, 
but it's, you know, it's, it's just things like that, that, that will have you lose capital for yourself because of weird things. You should really watch that show. Last chance you I've heard about it. I've, I've thought about checking it out. It's about um, junior college football and uh, they show like, obviously a player because junior college is like your last chance of getting into a D one. Right. Um, that first season though, dude, I'm telling you now, out of anything that I've ever watched documentary-wise, and honestly, I would even say some TV-wise, the first, the last episode of the first season, that last hour was literally, like, some of the greatest television I've ever watched. Like, it was insane. You ever watched um, Hard Knocks? Uh, I watched, because they did, I want to say two seasons with the Falcons. I don't think so. Not back to back, at least. I know I watched a season where they were with the Falcons. Okay. Um, because I was, <laughs> my mom was like super obsessed with the Housewives at the time, and Croy Bierman was on the team at the time. Um, uh, all of them. The Real Housewives she, shows. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, oh, Miami. Oh, was there one in Atlanta? I don't know. I've, I've never. Yeah, there was the one in Atlanta, okay. and one of the ladies, and like she got her own spinoff show because she was really popular, but also she was married to a Falcons player, uh, Croy Bierman. I don't know who he plays for anymore. Um, but yeah, so like, it was kind of an interesting dichotomy to watch. Like, look how rich I am, and then go over to HBO and look like. Look, my knee's fucked up. Like, what do I do with it? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I watch it, but last year I was really excited to watch it because they, they covered the Cowboys. And, you know, so that was really cool to see, you know, camp from inside, you know, like that. Um, this year they're doing the Detroit Lions, which was a, a very bad team last year. They only had like three wins last year. So it's, it's interesting because you get a lot of, uh, coverage on the coaches from like their perspective and stuff like that and yes you get to meet the players but um that's what this is like it's mostly like a big focus is on the coach and the financial or not financial the administrative advisor person that they hire for the team um basically a guidance counselor that 100 percent and tutor that specifically works with just the athlete and no, okay. and and like she comes into a meeting and she's like, "Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna get your ass to class. Can't miss any more. Like she's strict as hell. She's like, you can't miss more than three classes or you're off the fucking team. If you do that, you're gone. And there's your chance. I will fucking hound you all day, every day to get you to class. She's literally like held some of these kids' hands to get them to class. She's like, if you don't have a pencil, come to my office and get a pencil. I bought like four thousand of them, and like." Oh, it was so cool because like she didn't really like I I was starting to like just love this because she she was legitimately there for the kids success not football wise just she also realized like some of these kids might not get might go to D1 but then might not ever make it to the NFL so she's making sure they get an education so in between the first and second season people started donating supplies so in the second season she's like 
everybody needs to walk into my office and grab at least three notebooks and five pencils because we got a lot. Like we like people just <laughs> donated her supplies. That's awesome. But it's it's like inner city kids that like were really good in high school and stuff like that, but like just never had the financials to get out or stuff like that. Or even like there was a couple of them that were like drafted to like Florida or something like that. And they went to JUCO because they wanted to change it up. So this they had to like go through that one season to go to a different school and things right. like that. And like it's really good. You'll absolutely hate the coach. You will 100% hate the coach. I thought he was the biggest asshole. And then in season two, I was like, he's kind of worked on himself a lot. He's still kind of an asshole, but he's kind of worked on himself a lot. Like he literally, they, spoiler, the last episode, the teams, they, it was like a big rival that they were playing. And they got, they all out benches cleared bra, like just people Hell going yeah. at it. it. It was a big fight. And like he's he this coach is off to the side. He's like, don't fucking touch anybody if you because they were like right there to getting to the championship game. Um, and he's like, if you touch someone, you're out of the fucking game. Like, this is you're gonna get kicked out of the game, which means you don't get to play in the championship. And like they're like, fuck you, coach. They're kicking our dude in the head over here. We're gonna go kick their ass. Cause they're literally like the other team is literally has one guy on the ground just repeatedly kicking him in the head. Mm-hmm. Like they show it too. And then, like, he pulls him off to the sideline. He's like, you're all thugs and criminals. And I'm just like, are you really saying this to these kids right now? Jesus. Like, look at your demographic and what you're saying to these kids. And, like, literally, some players are walk off like, fuck you, coach. Like, if you're going to talk like that, fuck you. To, like, we're not dealing with you anymore. I don't want to deal with you. Like, it was. And then they, they show, like, the fallout of it. Um, and, like. Some of the kids didn't get a college opportunity because of the fight and things like that. But like, you're also kind of on the player side because they were literally just like hounding on this dude on the ground and we're not letting him up. Like when the fight started, the refs didn't do anything. They stood there and watched it. Literally like co- coaches from the other team were starting to jump into the fight too. One of the like defensive coaches from the team that they're following jumped in to protect his brother who's a player and he didn't like throw a punch or anything he just like ran in and like pushed a dude out of the way and started pulling players back but like yeah i'm just like this is this is insane and like in the second season the coach will cuss he's like fuck it i gotta put in a a a dollar into the cuss jar because i cussed way too much last season and like (laughs) there's there's a couple times where like he's starting to yell and the camera's like doing its camera thing and he goes, I love y'all. Can you just back up a little bit? Give me my space. I'm sorry. I, I know you have to do this, but just give me my space. Cause he started to like he he like watched the season. He's like, I fucking hated myself. Like, I don't know what I was last season. So they follow like one team for two years, and then they I guess in the third season they switch to a different team. Same with the fourth season. But like it's a lot like hard knocks where it's not like they show some of the players and like some of their educational stuff, some of their background stuff. But I think mostly it's about the games and the administrative part of it, like the coach, the defensive coach and the lady who's their tutor. Yeah. To answer your initial question. No, I haven't really watched anything. <laughs> Welcome to sports talk because Cole's not here. So we can actually talk about oh, it. Man, I can talk sports all day, man. <laughs> No, um, sportsication. One one last sports question, and we can move on <laughs> to what we were actually going to talk about. Uh, 
how does the NFL draft work? Because I know in hockey, it's whoever lost the most games gets the first pick. Is it like that? Yeah. So whoever lost the most uh, games gets the first, the number one do, pick. Unless do teams lose on purpose so they can get a better pick? So that's the thing. Yes and no. So if you want to hear like a, a quick little thing, so the Miami like Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals should be like stacked up on good ass players, and they're they not. Are. They they made a they made it to uh, the Super Bowl last year or the AFC Championship. The Bengals, yeah, they're fucking. They're great. They're a really good team now. We're talking about the team that literally the Cincinnati had Bengals a partner had a partnership with. No, I'm thinking Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they were on the cusp. I don't. I don't know how they're going to because be I know they had like a partnership with like Bud Light, where they chained a bunch of like that was the refrigerators. Yeah, that was the Browns. Said, if we win, you get a freebie. That was the best fucking weekend. Just watching all the people are like, literally the standing at a convenience store, like God. Watching the videos of all of that was fucking great. But uh, yeah, so to to go back to your question about tanking, yes and no. It happens, but it's very frowned upon, and you can get in trouble. Prime example was recently going on with the Miami Dolphins. So there, so before Tom Brady went to our the Buccaneers from the Patriots, there was a rumor going around that that the Miami Dolphins were, were going to make a move, like make a trade for him. Well, this last season, uh, he retired, quote unquote, at the end of their season. He didn't really say he was retiring but it was it's it sounded like a retirement that he was he wasn't gonna play anymore with for the buccaneers and stuff like that his dad like announced it or something like that didn't he yeah and then and then tom put it on his actual on his instagram page and stuff like that and uh then about a month later he announced he was returning to the buccaneers what happened was there was a there is now a lawsuit of from the Miami Dolphins coach suing the Miami Dolphins um, because it let him go. He's claimed the, uh, that the, you know, the, the, the owner was being racist and stuff like that, but also in the document saying that the owner was telling him to lose games and he would pay him an additional $100,000 for every game he lost. They were going to tank to... Uh, to get better draft picks. I heard about this. Then there was also the theory that uh, that Tom Brady was going to was going to go away for a year so he can uh, finish out his contract with with uh, the Buccaneers and stuff whatever with that. And that they were going to he was going to come back after a year. The Miami Dolphins were going to offer him um like a um, a head office position, like he'd be like the, like a general manager or something like that for the team. Offer him uh, ownership um, shares and stuff like that for the Miami Dolphins. And that after a year of that, he may play quarterback for the team. The thing was, they were also going to have Sean Payton come in as the coach, which was the coach for the New Orleans Saints, the who is no who- longer. Now he's out. He tackled out. people, right? Yeah. Who yeah. was who was who had the bounty gate thing on him? Uh, this was all like one big plan to bring Tom Brady and Sean Payton 
to the Miami Dolphins, and it almost happened. The issue was coach, uh, the coach who they let go filed this lawsuit and all this shit hit the fan. But that they were, they were legitimately like this close to getting him, both those people. And it would have been like, a, you know, like I said, Brady would have to wait a year before he can play. But he would have been the starting quarterback with ownership in the team. And that would have been fucking nuts. How is yeah. that like not a conflict of interest or something? Well, we might hear more about that now soon since, the, since it's part of the lawsuit. But um, yeah, it's a big fucking deal. It's a big fucking mess. Um, but yes, yeah, so to go back to your um, to your question, yes, pe- teams will tank, quote unquote, or they'll trade their draft picks. Like, let's say, Brady, you and I trade draft picks, and you say you take my first round pick for next year. I don't know when in the first round you're going to draft. So if you happen to have a shitty year and you get the first, the number one pick, since we traded, that's now my pick. And even though I wasn't the worst team, I had the first pick. So it depends on, you know, your, your <clears throat> it depends on your, your win-loss record. And then if you traded that pick for that year already. So it kind of depends. That's enough sports. Let's get to. Yeah. Let's get to let's the get to HBO the, Max. The yeah. HBO Warner Brothers drama. Uh, Go ahead, Tyler. So. No, I got it. As we Those shit's going down. <laughs> as we know, they can't. When we talked last time, they canceled the Batgirl movie. It was like a ninety million dollar movie uh, that was supposedly finished, um, and they canceled it. What I've heard since is a possible reason that they canceled it. Like, there's the whole they can do a tax cut if they canceled it. I'm sorry, they didn't cancel the movie. They shelved it. And the reason I say they shelved it is because they're they're never going to release it because they did it for a tax cut purpose. And if they were to re they were to release it, they would have to pay the IRS all the money that they got from the tax cut. Um, I've heard that a potential reason that they shelved it was because they screened it to an audience with like some visual effects and like a a score just to have a score in the movie um but it was nothing was like super finalized or something like that and it scored super low like in the 60s i'd I'd heard that too like it just wasn't reviewing well and stuff like that here's the thing guess what else scored in the 60s when they tested it with audiences uh black adam Hmm. they want they want the movies i guess Typically, you want your movie to test in the mid-80s to high-90s. 60s is obviously not good. But the fact that, like, The Rock is, like, bullying Warner Brothers into this movie, that they're like, we'll release... And I get it, because he's he's The Rock, all right? Whatever. But, like, they're like, we'll release this movie that is scoring the same as this movie, but we won't release this movie. Like, it doesn't make sense. Both Black Adam and Shazam were, like, 59, 60 on like audience score when they test screened it and then also also, real quick if you're gonna if you're gonna test a movie and you're gonna you're not gonna put the the music that's tied to it or you know and some visual effects i can get but the score music plays such a intricate part 
of how you're yeah. supposed to feel. And when I say 60 score, that's like the audience score. No, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, musical score. You yeah. said that they didn't put the actual music that's going to be tied to the movie. Yeah. They can't, they can't be upset about that because like I said, the music plays a big part of, of a scene. If you're not going to put the proper music, I'm not going to feel a connection to this scene. I'm not going to be happy with it. They said that like the three best scenes were the three that Michael Keaton was in, something like that. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just to me, it's like, how can you? And I, I guess it's because it's The Rock, and he's literally like holding. It may Warner be because also that NBC. movie has a much bigger budget, so it's harder for them to take the loss. Then take the then take the loss. Take the loss with the Flash movie if you got to take a loss. For real. But like, and I get, it's literally because The Rock is at this point holding DC and Warner Brothers hostage to release this Black Adam movie. Like every day he gets on like social media and he's like, I've been trying to play this character for 15 years or something like that. And it's like, we get it, bro. You want to play the character. Like, that's great for you. But and that one's, one's going to make actor. money just because of him. So. Yeah, exactly. You're not a good actor, but good. You're going to make some money. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's not going to be, I don't imagine it being great. And then we also have like the other thing of like they're canceling and getting rid of a bunch of animation stuff, which like Cole is here. He'd go on his little soapbox about it, but I'm sorry. Who the fuck cares about animation anymore? There's some good that comes out of it. It's just few and far between, to be honest. I will give Cole this. I will give the fact that they're canceling a Looney Tunes project. I think that's weird because that's literally what Warner Brothers was for years. Yeah, but like Looney Tunes. Canceling Looney Tunes. Like like without Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers isn't a name kind of deal. Agreed. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think like the newer generation is really watching Looney Tunes, so I can see that. I would say it's more of a um, nostalgic hit to our generations and older because we grew up on Looney Tunes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even then, like Looney Tunes was an older cartoon for us. <clears throat> so, and then here's know. here's where I'm gonna go off. Uh I keep seeing all these like this is getting canceled, this is getting canceled, this is getting canceled, yada yada yada. It other than Batgirl, it's a bunch of animated stuff. Like again, I know there's an audience for it, but I'm seeing all this stuff getting canceled, and I'm just like, eh, wasn't gonna watch it in the first place. So why do I care? And then the other thing that people are freaking out about is a superhero movie getting canceled, which I'll defend a little because it would have been the first female or not, sorry, not first female, the first Latino or Latina or whatever the proper term is. Don't cancel me. Thank you. Don't cancel me. Um, Superhero on the big screen. That's a big deal. That's as big of a deal as when Wesley Snipes played Blade. That's as big as a deal when Gal Gadot first came out as Wonder Woman. Like that's huge deal right there. But everyone wants a superhero movie, and that's apparently everything and anything that anybody can watch anymore. 
because they can't think to watch something good like Everything Everywhere All at Once or Top Gun Maverick or something like that. It's like, give me my fucking comic book movies. Like, that's the only reason you're freaking out is because it's a comic book character. I forgot who I was talking to about this. Um, but what I what I think it is, and it's, you know, we're, our generation is partial to blame. It's because we're getting all the things we wanted as children. And now that we have the money, we, that's what we want to get. Uh, I'm going to assume y'all's parents, when y'all were growing up, had fine china, correct? You know, Still do. <laughs> the, the place you don't, you know, you only bring out for certain guests. No, not even then. It just okay. sits in a shelf. Just sits in a shelf. You didn't have ever. You didn't have that, Brady. No, my parents were like, "Why the fuck would we do this? Just use okay. a regular plate." But, no, my so, family. You know what we do? Oh wait, we don't have to do dishes if we buy paper plates. Let's do that instead. Okay. Well, <laughs> so Tyler, much easier. Tyler, your your family had this, correct? <clears throat> yep. Okay. Our generation does not have fine china. What our generation has is the shit we couldn't get as children the toys the video games the comics all that you know all the nerdy shit that we wanted as children we can now get because we have the income we're in charge so when i look at movies now I, like i was trying to apply to, to to the movies you know we're getting the movies of the things we loved growing up so we just want more and more of that content Makes so that's sense. what they that's what they're feeding us but also like i i you know, the movie companies are, are scared to take a shot on something new because now it's either a reboot or a superhero movie or a continuation, of, or a continuation of a franchise that doesn't need to be continued. Pirates of the Looking at you, Avatar. They're worried about this audience score being at a low percentage rate. Yet they're going to release a movie like Kong versus Godzilla, which was absolutely dog whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 buddy. You tread lightly there. Really, it, it was really. a fucking. It was great. No, it was a terrible Bro, movie. It was. I just wanted. And they're going to continue the kicking. franchise. I wanted straight ass like, kicking, and that's big what monster I got. Go boom! Hey, it was just all ass. Kickery. It was nothing. No, it wasn't. No, you got the story no, from King no, of the Monsters. I don't. I don't. I don't give a shit about the humans. I don't. If you're going to make a movie called Kong versus Godzilla. Give me an hour and 45 minutes of those two in a boxing ring squaring up. I don't need, oh my God, where's my daughter? Ah! The entire I don't think they've got the, in a boxing ring. I don't, you got the fights. No, we got you like got the three fights. seconds worth of fights. No, 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 no. There was fight. And they my, gave point you is, my point and is, they gave you my, I don't, my point is this. They're willing to release like a... T- that movie didn't make like yeah it made a lot of money because like everyone's like oh we get to go back to theaters but you, you, that movie came out today the movie would make nothing compared to what it did i will give you story was not great i still think uh the 2014 godzilla was the best story arc king of the monsters was really was good too uh and it felt more like a classic godzilla movie but yeah, they, they, they kind of threw the story out the window with Godzilla versus Kong. They gave you much more action, more action shit. But I'm really hoping they that's kind of what that movie needs story. to be. I don't need story in my Godzilla movie. The thing is, though, like the story that they built for it was really good. Like, you can't terrible. tell me. The, you can't tell me. You're, the you're telling one. me I have to spend an hour and a half watching them search for some Godzilla fin so a monkey can beat him up. 
And that's the only way he can get destroyed is with his own fin. You're gonna tell me, or whatever the hell it was. You're gonna tell me Brian Cranston didn't put you in his, in the fields. Don't even get don't even get me started on the Brian Cranston's in our movie for what four seconds and then he's dead. Half the movie. No, he was in it for like maybe 20 nah, minutes at most. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. It wasn't anyway. that long. You're wrong. <clears throat> Shut up. Go on. Point is, this is also a product of streaming in the streaming wars. Um, because here's the problem with streaming especially when it comes to like things like Netflix and stuff like that is Netflix takes gambles a lot. They put in a lot of money. Like here, let's throw in like $20 million to make this random show. And the chances of it blowing up are 50, 50, like Netflix could put out three shows on a day. And one is like a cultural impact. And one is it. Stranger Things just happened to be a cultural impact that time. You know what else came around that same time? It was a show called Dark that no one talks about. It's not Stranger Things, but it's a spooky ass show. And like, there is dark fandoms out there that like love that show. I've never heard of because, but because Stranger Things blew up. It's on my point. Yeah. Um. But my point is this: is now these companies are seeing the era error of their ways. And like, now they have to like take a movie like Batgirl and be like, well, will it make money theatrically or can we put it up on streaming? No, we're not going to put it up on streaming. Will it make money theatrically? No, it won't. So let's shelve it and get some money back because we broke as fuck and need money to go do other contents like that's a problem like these company the streaming wars are over everyone is paying for everything at this point i'm paying as much as i would for cable for like four different services like but like the the budget on some of these shows are like stupid expensive for no reason and so now they're realizing we spent all this money only one thing worked. How are we going to recruit the money for the three things that didn't? That's what kind of concerns me about um, Amazon. But I don't think streaming is dead e- either. No, it's it's not. I I wouldn't say it's not. But um, <clears throat> the the price, like you just you said, that's what concerns me about uh, the new Lord, the new Lord of the Rings show that's going to come out, The Rings of Power. It has a, I forget how, how big the budget is, but it's fucking big. I think they it was Amazon's highest budget, uh, budgeted show. And that well, scares like the, the crown fuck. on Netflix, which is their most expensive show they've ever made. Yeah. But this or is even Amazon. Netflix is uh, releasing a that 70 show sequel show. And I a hundred percent know just like, I don't know a whole lot off of the show other than like they got some key players to come back and it's about Eric and Donna's daughter. I 100% can look at that show and be like, that's going to last one season and they're going to cancel it. You think so? Because they have they have Kitty and Red coming back. Wilmer's coming old. back. They're old. Which they For should be. maybe two episodes is what I've heard. Really? They haven't conf- yeah, he's not like a full-on character. Like he's okay. a guest spot. Same, have- same with Eric and Donna, from what I heard too, is they're essentially guest spots. Okay. But you don't I- have Kelso. Man, 
You don't need them. You don't. Well, obviously, you're not going to get hide. Um, uh, but anyway, but like, you also to... don't have a uh, Jackie Big with deal, as close yeah. as all those characters were. Yeah, in that true. show. To not, I'm not mentioning Hyde because Hyde, you know, is Hyde, but like every other character to be a guest spot and then to have the the parents of your main character who were the two main characters of the original show be guest spots at best. Like that show's gonna last one season. And Netflix yeah, is throwing sure. all the money they can at it, and then they're gonna realize in two to three years, like fuck, we did not make a lot of money off of this. I I don't see it making that much money to begin with. Uh, but anyway, like I was trying to say, I'm scared for that Lord of the Rings show of how expensive it's going to be. So far, the reviews are are good, but I'm I'm scared that it's not going to last long because of how expensive it is, especially for Amazon. But and the Amazon, reason I say for you, they have three nine-hour movies about it. It's not the but same. They've already it's, like greenlit like the second season too. It's not the same though. Like well, to Tyler's point, this is a thousand years before. The movies oh it is i yeah. thought it was just no a more an even more extended version no it's no, no, no. uh we're not it's stories s- from the salmo Rillian or whatever it is like it doesn't have proto's right. not even yeah. in it no gotcha uh i don't think bilbo or gandalf are in it either no gotcha it's it's literally like the house of dragons like um i don't know too much who are these it? characters why do we care about them i don't know too much of it i'm going in super blind to it because I, I wanted to i think uh, Galadriel is in it, which is she's like the main elf. Uh, which she her. was, she wasn't Lord of the Rings. That's not Orlando Bloom, it's the only elf I care about, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, no, the reason that, I say streaming is not dead though. Oh, wait, hold on, I'll let you finish. Right, go ahead, you're fine. Nobody cares. The reason I say, uh, sorry, but no one does care about yeah, it. The reason I say streaming is not dead is because look at Halloween is, you know, they're, they looked at their numbers last year and were like, holy fuck, we actually made a lot of fucking money off of this at streaming. So let's do that again. And I see people online like freaking out about it, dude. They're like, why are they doing this? I'm still going to go see the theaters, but why are they doing this? Like, why do you care if you're going to go see the theaters? Good for you, buddy. I wouldn't say, you know, streaming is dead, but it's definitely taking a big fucking hit right now Look it all at, depends on what it is it's the netflix thing all over again you can release three shows and only one's gonna blow up but like netflix you know they they took a loss this past quarter and now hbo is fucking imploding because of discovery you know like i, I will like say I said, it's weird like that I said they last time their own content which like is fucking weird. Pickle, that's weird like i wasn't I gonna get, watch it but that's weird. I was freaking out earlier because I was I was trying to pop a movie on at, at work, uh, and I was scrolling through HBO, and I was going through the letters, and all of a sudden it just there was nothing, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, did they not modify their their interface to to like skip out the blank parts? Because they're like, it was, I was like in E or F, and then it was just blank until M. And I was like, this can't be right. And I checked before we started. It was just my phone, I guess, not getting good service in the in the building. But that kind of freaked me out for a second. And I was like, there's no fucking way they did that. Um, 
like I said, with Netflix taking a loss this past quarter, with HBO kind of implo- basically imploding because of because of Discovery, you know, it it it's not looking good on this side of things. On the opposite side of the spectrum, streaming is blowing up on in sports. Apple TV just signed a big deal with uh, Major League Soccer to where they're going to have games on Apple TV. Amazon has a deal with the NFL. Amazon has a deal with the NFL now. So you have, while they're, while it's struggling They've had it for on, a while. Uh, I think the big deal is this season that they're trying to get Sunday ticket or red zone on there. Is that because um, before you could just pick a game and watch it? Yeah, but they I had think, like a uh, select like four games that you could choose from. But yeah, they're gonna have. I think they're gonna have more games this year and stuff like that. But on the welcome back side, to sportscation. Yeah, <laughs> on the opposite side of things, like while wow, streaming is taking a big hit on the movie side, they're blowing up on the streaming side for sports because I, eventually it's just going to be you choose a streaming service that has your sports. I'm a little upset that like this is starting to affect like the back end of movies as well. Um, and by that, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how Peacock is doing so well with it because Peacock's doing really well. They released black phone and now it's on Peacock and it's still pulling in decent numbers last time I checked, but because HBO is canceling all this stuff, they're like, remember our whole 45 day out of theater thing. Now you don't get to watch Elvis at home because we're going to make you pay for it. Like, yeah, I'm pissed. I have to wait for fucking Elvis still. Maybe December is when it's supposed to drop now. It was supposed to drop like last week. Yeah, I was ready to watch it last week. And they're like, nope. And so I don't I don't I don't see why that affects their revenue. It's like I want to know, like, I kind of get the idea of how streaming works. So many streams equals so so many amount of dollars in the end of the day. That's how, like, because every every song on Spotify is like 20 cents every time you listen to it. (laughs) 20 cents. 20 cents. You're pushing it, buddy. (laughs) What is it, a penny? It's like a tenth of a, a tenth of a penny. It depends on the service. No, no offense, no offense. But is that because you guys are a a smaller band versus someone nope. like a, nope. a bigger it's all across the, board. across the board okay i think spotify it's like it's like at least four decimal points of a cent like it's but, bad <laughs> yeah so how do you guys do you guys know how much how many streams you need to get a dollar let's just do that i'll google it he'll google it i'll tell because you like i don't think we've ever made money off of it but then again, because like, like uh, we don't, we didn't really push the first album too much streaming wise. This next album, we're gonna, we're gonna take a big push on it. Because like, I just don't understand how delaying plans that you wrote out in a contract and said, "Yeah, we'll do this," is affecting your revenue at all. Like, if you already wrote it out, why are you changing it? Three hundred and fifteen times to make a dollar on Spotify, YouTube. Right, you need a thousand two hundred and fifty. Like I was a, to, to your to the point about Peacock, with Netflix taking a shit, with HBO dying. I'm like, how the fuck is Peacock the one kind of leading the way now? Because I was like, like, I don't like Peacock that much. I used to, but as I every time I look for a movie, I'm like, eh, I've watched a lot of good choices. I've watched in total 
three things on the on Peacock. That is four things. That is when I binge watch The Office. Uh, I watched that Michael Bay film Ambulance, which was really good actually. I watched Halloween Kills like two times last year after I saw it in theaters at home. And uh because they kept it on the, they didn't because you remember HBO last year was doing the whole day one thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only did it for a month. Halloween Kills was on Peacock for probably like three months. It was insane. But then I watched uh They Slash Them, which we'll talk about later. So like that's the only time I can tell you I actively opened up Peacock and watched something. Yeah. Other than that, it's just a service that I pay ten dollars for. And the original reason I got it was for the WWE network. See, I I have Peacock from from my buddy Billy. Like he pays for it and I I bummed off of him. I might have to censor that. I think that's called like fraud. And kiss my ass. Um (laughs) I watched the WWE stuff and I watched the super fan episodes of The Office. But like every time I search on there, like I can't like there's movies I like on there. But there's a shit ton of movies I that I don't really like or never heard of, and they don't have that big of a of a variety like choices. You know who else is doing it right? Paramount Plus. I have there's Paramount nothing Plus on there in. that I care about either. There, and the only reason I say this is they know that their audience wants like the uncensored version of like shows. So that's what they'll release up there. Like there's a big, there's a show on MTV that they're trying to make work on CBS now called the challenge. And this one particular season that I'm watching, it's called the challenge USA. And they got a bunch of CBS reality TV people to compete in the challenge. And the rating says TV PG. When you turn on the show, they're like, fuck, and they don't censor it at all. And I'm like, and I'm watching it. It caught me off guard for a little bit because the last time I saw these people on TV um, was like, I'm a huge Big Brother fan, obviously, because it plays on CBS. They have to censor it. So the last time I saw some of those Big Brother people, they're getting censored. And it threw me off because the only time you don't hear them uncensored or you don't hear them censored as if you watch the live feeds, but it threw me off that these people were saying fuck on a show ran by CBS. And it's because Paramount plus was like, well, we're going to make an exclusive to Paramount plus. That's the only way you can watch it. We'll advertise it on CBS. Like, Hey, go to Paramount plus to watch the show. And then we'll uncensor it. That's why they throw the South park stuff up there. Cause they don't have to censor it. Makes sense. I, I Cole needs to confirm that next time he's on. Because I mean, maybe they do censor it because maybe they do play it over on Comedy Central as well. But if they're not censoring this show, which is technically an MTV show that they advertise on CBS as a CBS show, then chances are those South Park things are not censored. Probably not. I have Paramount Plus. I don't know why. It's like a gym membership for me. Yeah, they they Paramount, sucked me in by it's a... five bucks. I was watching Halo and SpongeBob. I tried getting rid of it and they're like, hey, here's a free month. And I just never canceled it after that. So <laughs> the other thing is, is the one thing, the one bad thing about Top Gun Maverick doing so well in theaters is it was supposed to do the whole 45 days out onto Paramount Plus kind of deal, like everybody else is doing. 
and they're like fuck it no we're just gonna re-release it one more time keep making that bank sorry guys well you have to wait a little bit longer but like it's just crazy to me too that like going back to peacock being so good let's just take a look at last year real quick there was a, a couple month span in between the releases of black widow and halloween kills now when i say those two movies which one do you think would be the one that does better performance streaming wise halloween kills and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. You want to watch a scary movie? You want to do it at home, cuddled yeah. up under the blankets and popcorn? You don't want to. Anyway, with, you were supposed to say. You don't want to deal with the PG 13 kids? You were supposed to say Black Widow, and I was supposed to educate you on why it wasn't Black Widow. No, uh, Black Widow so when it first. pretentious. <laughs> Brady, you Black Widow show. when it first went on uh, Disney Plus, and may- maybe it's because you had to pay an extra $15 to watch Black Widow on Disney Plus. And oh, on Peacock, right. all you like had to do was sign up. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Black Widow was on P- or um, Disney Plus for the first week, I think it was, it made 1 million streams. Like, that's how many households streamed it that first week. Whereas Halloween Kills pulled in 1.7 million in its first week. It beat out arguably the biggest cinematic franchise in the history of movies. A 40-year-old franchise that like admittedly as a Halloween fan myself, most fans are like, eh. Do they really need to make more Halloweens? I don't know, but I'll go watch it anyway. To go back to my point, we we're talking about off off uh, off air. Going up against the probably the, the weakest at the time Marvel movie. I and I'll give Halloween the benefit of the doubt because I felt like the the hollow the first Halloween from the from the new trilogy was really good. So you're rolling on some steam there. You know what I mean? But like I you have, kinda, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. But also, have, just like you have the worst of like, for like our audience perspective, like they're not going to be diehard Halloween fans like me. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm coming from, kind of deal. Like even I can recognize that, like the franchise, like is a little honky sometimes. CGI most knows. of the time. But after watching that, you know the the newer Halloween movie, it was really good. And you had some potential role in there. So I can see why there was a good draw for the second movie. The Black Widow movie, on the other hand, nobody really wanted it. They're like, we already saw her die. Why is she getting a movie? She's getting one because of, uh, you know, because she was, she wanted to have it. Um, so like, you know, you're going against the weakest of the big franchise versus a, a old franchise that's having, that has a lot of potential right now. So, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Brady. I feel like you have to also take that part to aspect. Also, real quick, uh, I pulled up the Paramount Plus app on my phone. Uh, they got the fucking orphan first kill on there. Yeah. No idea what that is. You've never seen, you never seen the movie Orphan? Nope. Uh, horror movie. Well, uh, about a little it. about shut the fuck up. Uh, about horror a, movie a little about a little girl. girl who gets up who gets adopted. Ends up not being a little girl. She's like forty five. She's like forty five, grown ass woman, um, but has like some medical condition to where she looks like a little girl. Fucking kills, tries to kill a family. 
it's an insane it's i i it was I a fucking feel, twist i, I truly I feel it's an underrated it now, ass film it was a fucking twist uh <laughs> and uh, i forgot about orphan first kill because i feel like that news just started popping up that it was that was happening coming up i didn't realize they were streaming on here i want to fucking watch it. um but that brings me this kind of brings me into our next two movies and kind of a point that we can talk about while we're talking about these movies. Um, and that is, look at Orphan Kills. Would you have gone to go see that in theaters? Yeah. Nope. Brady, this is a scripted I know, no, show. I, what the fuck I know you you're, but I'm saying, <laughs> I know you're a fan, so obviously you're going to say yes. But like, truly, think about it for a second. Your true answer would probably be if I had the time. You know what? Depends on the rating for horror. You're fucking up my point. Anyway, your your true answer would probably be if I had the time. You know, honestly, yeah. Nowadays, if I, if I had the time. So think about it. Streaming works for movies like Orphan Kills, or movies like They Slash Them, or movies like Prey. Because let me tell you, dude, if you, you put Prey up against because they came out the same week prey up against bullet train is gonna flop i don't care if it's it's predator franchise or whatever it's it's gonna flop because like prey was decent bullet train was better what prey didn't get a lot of marketing and the reason i found out today the reason why why prey went to hulu was because they already had signed like this deal to um throw it in theaters when they were done making it but then disney acquired fox and found a loophole in the deal to be able to throw it up on hulu so disney makes the money and fox never got the money for it clever girl. it makes more sense why it wasn't on disney because honestly i was super excited to see this movie on disney i was like it is in see- other countries but for america it's hulu because hulu is owned by disney but i was like i want to see some fucking some gory ass kills on Disney over here doing it. So what do you so guys want to talk about first? They slash them or pray? Let's do this. They slash them. Okay. Go ahead. Um, let's go with Tyler first. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I put Jesus. What an atrocious film. While I like the overall meaning of the movie, this felt like a cishet neoliberal attempt of an LGBT plus exploitation film. All the characters were completely flat feeling with the exception of Kevin Bacon's character, which that could just be the fact that he's the only mainstream established actor. But there wasn't much to get me emotionally invested in any of the characters, aside from the fact that they were at this bullshit camp. After looking up the writer and seeing he had credits on things like Sweeney Todd, Skyfall, and Spectre, and is in fact openly gay, I don't understand how this came off feeling as forced as it did, aside from maybe just that it was a straight-to-streaming movie with a low budget. While I see and respect the nods and inspiration to the original Friday the 13th movie, this felt like it was nothing more than a straight rip-off of it with a forced LGBT plus story. <clears throat> the only kudos I can actually give this movie is for including a male-on-male sex scene, albeit after a lesbian sex scene that made me say, of course they uh, it would include this and not have a gay one. So I was happy to be proven wrong, but this is is definitely not a movie I'd recommend to anybody regardless of their views on the subject matter. <laughs> I hated this movie. 
<laughs> it was such oh, a fucking fuck, drag, bro. dude. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, Bray's about to come for your throat, man. Yep, that's fine. It was a <laughs> shitty movie, so. <laughs> it's it, okay. Bray, do you want me to go? You want me to go? No, I, 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 I want to go. <laughs> no, oh, he yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. kill me now. He wants to kill me now. <laughs> do it. Kill me now. Is it the best movie I've seen, horror-wise? Hell no. I can see where you're coming with the Friday the 13th. I can see it, but you're wrong. Uh, Am I? Because on IMDb, it yes. straight up said like they took all the inspiration from Friday the 13th. Joe and I talked about this earlier, a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's a movie. See, here's the, here's the problem with slasher movies. When they were popping off in the 80s, they were popping off. And like a lot of them fell by the wayside. Yeah. Like you could have two, three movies in your franchise and only a certain select few of like fans would know that. Yeah. Friday the 13th made it big. Just just because. Halloween made it big. But here's the thing. Halloween also was very dysfunctional. Whereas like you had your first movie in 78. You didn't get your second one until 81. Your third one doesn't even have your main villain in it. And then you wait a couple years, like 85 and 86 is when four and five come out. And then like uh, you wait until like 94, I want to say. And that's when Halloween six comes out. So like the timeline in between movies, terrible. You know, Wes Craven, great ass director. Freddy Krueger is a great character. That's why Nightmare on Elm Street blew up. That's why in, uh, people throw Texas Chainsaw in there. Like Leatherface is like a big, like top four of horror and like i've seen maybe like one or two Watch movies in the entire, i've only seen like maybe one or two movies in the entire franchise so i don't i can't really like tell you how the franchise plays out but like i would say if you it's kind of like metal where you have your big four and for me i would say your big four are freddy krueger michael myers Jason Voorhees and Ghostface. Two of those were created by Wes Craven. I would say that. But the thing is, is like there was this movie in the 80s that came out after Friday the 13th. The people, there is a fan base for it, but most casual fans of horror don't know about it. It's called Sleepaway Camp. I've heard of it. Sleepaway Camp has the greatest twist ending ever. And it's the fact that the villain of the movie which you watched the entire show is actually a boy portraying as a girl like they they show everything at the end and that's where the movie ends and there's like three other movies that go on with it so I can see where you're kind of getting the Friday the 13th but I feel like this is more of a comparison to maybe it's just because it has that factor in it but just a better comparison to sleepaway camp and for me i i know i've seen it and you guys haven't but i picked up a more sleepaway camp um vibes than i did friday the 13th specifically the one character that kevin bacon's character treated super unfairly by figuring out that she was trans and put her in the boys cabin which pissed me off like greatly 
Like, I think that's what this movie did so well is it pisses you off and makes you mad about these camps. Um, I mean, the movie itself just made me mad, but but uh, the way the way they revealed her character, uh, like the whole shot of going into the shower room, and then just like freezing the frame of her going <gasps> like that, and then like the shorts that she wears for the rest of the movie, hundred percent sleepaway camp references, hundred percent. Uh, let me hit on my notes real quick. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been drinking some salt, some sugary shit. So we're gonna go. <laughs> I said already loving the name and the setting. I thought the name and the setting was. Good. I, I love campy ass horror movies, both literally and like literally in a camp, and figuratively like it's a campy movie. the The title is clever. I will give them that. Yeah. Um, the lady getting in her car and then she gets killed. I know she gets killed on the outside of her car. But rule number one, when you get in your car, I do it every time I get in my car. I don't care if it's parked in my driveway or not. Check your backseat. Um, Zombie land. Kevin, no, no. That's, an <laughs> urban, that's the urban legend rule, bro. I know, but it was no. fun on Zombieland. So. Uh, number three, Kevin Bacon is back in summer camp horror, baby. <laughs> uh they filmed this at the same place they filmed Fear Street 2 and next to my camp. So his Wi-Fi sounds slash cell phone dialogue isn't fake. It seriously sucks out there. I, I can relate to that. Like, I know what it's like. <laughs> his bracelet gives me youth pastor vibes. <laughs> uh, a certain pair of... You see it now, don't you? No, I I saw... I, I'll, when I get to my point, I'll tell you about it. Okay. Uh, a certain pair of shorts and the reveal of her character's secret was 100% a reference to Sleepaway Camp. This therapy session scene is uncomfortable. It truly is. Uh, can we just let Glee die already? We didn't need a Glee moment in the middle of a horror movie. Yeah. I yes, we did. No, I was watching it. I was watching it with a. I was texting a friend who was also watching it with me, and we both were like, "This is just fucking cringe. Like this is." terrible we did yep. not need a <laughs> shitty rendition of a shitty pink song which i get why they picked that pink song it's a it it, it goes with the theme of the movie i get it it goes with self-discovery now fuck that 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 we didn't need glee from like that's where it really actors. turned on me to be honest <laughs> it, it, it got me okay <laughs> that's i kind of turned there a little um and then but it just I tried got worse. To, um there's extras in the background of some scenes that aren't in others, and it bothers me. Like, there's extras in that Glee scene that are, like, Glee and dancing, and then they're just not in the rest of the movie. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're focused on, like, six people the entire movie. All of a sudden, there's 15 people in this one cabin. All of a sudden, you're back down to six. <laughs> um, I said, oh, hell no. And I forgot what I said that about. Uh, the then... I, I don't remember. I should have wrote like a little parentheses. Um, this the shock therapy scene made me physically uncomfortable. Like, oh no, I know what I wrote. Oh hell no about when he shot the dog. We didn't need that. Um yeah. The shock therapy scene made me physically uncomfortable. Aha, uh -huh, she said Jason Voorhees. Someone made a reference to it. That was the only Friday the 13th reference I really picked up on. Um once the film turns, it turns because it was very slow. I will give it that. But once it gets into horror territory, it, it gets into the horror territory. 
Um, the killer view was actually kind of a surprise. I didn't see it coming, but also another sleepaway camp reference. Um, just like the fact that like it was a camper kind of deal. Or a former camper. Um, final thoughts. A very slow burn, but also very smart and attention grabbing when it comes to the title and the concept of the film. It has a decent payoff, and I think going into this movie just knowing the title and concept is fine enough. I didn't even watch a preview for it. A lot of people might go into this thinking they'll get Friday the 13th, but I think Sleepaway Camp is a better comparison. There's even a couple of references to both during the film. It does have some physically uncomfortable scenes for me, as well as some extremely well-written dialogue that uh, I think members of the LBG key, uh, LGBTQ plus community uh, might resonate with. Might not hit everyone certain ways, but it might resonate with some people, I think. Overall, this movie isn't for everyone, obviously. It isn't even going to be for a hit among diehard horror fans. But I enjoyed what I watched, and I liked that it was a bit of an elevated horror without being pretentious. Because it was statistically, not statistically, that's the wrong word, historically, horror movies are very much boobs, gore, and murder. Yep. And then you throw in a black person, they get killed first. You throw in a gay person, they get killed first. So to have a whole movie where your entire cast of characters are members of the LGBTQ plus community. So it makes it harder to, because you notice they didn't kill any of those characters. They changed that up and they killed the people that caused all the trauma for so many years on other people like so like that's why i kind of enjoyed it i like that it wasn't a slasher film of like let's kill all the campers but it was a bit elevated it's like let's kill the people that are causing traumatic experiences to these people that last a lifetime the reason this killer is killing someone is because she had to go through that camp and it fucked her up for life yeah and it shows you the horror of those camps not the entirety, because I'm sure it's a lot worse than what we saw in this movie, but like we get a shock therapy scene that like I think is gonna like I even diehard horror fans are gonna be like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Um so like I get why you don't like it, and I'm not gonna knock you for like not liking it, but like there's there's some enjoyment in it for me. Um and there's like some relatability in a weird way. Yeah, uh, for sure. I gave it a three and a half on rot or not rotten tomatoes, uh letterboxed. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, I like the overall message of it. It's just everything about the movie itself just felt so flat to me. But I I do agree with you. Like there is some relatable stuff. I I like that they killed the counselors instead of uh the kids and stuff like that. But yeah, just my take. I'm also not a big horror film guy, so there's that. So I liked this movie. Uh, I usually don't care for slasher films uh, because I think they are the bottom of the barrel when it comes to horror movies. And I'm glad uh, Brady walked off uh, Mike for this one <laughs> because uh, I can't stand slas- slasher movies, uh, really, because they they're not my favorite. Yeah. I can't hear you. I still not have lucky. my headphones on. <laughs> 
Oh, good. I know. Oh. You, I know you can hear me, <laughs> but you can't say anything about it. Uh, but uh, watching this movie, I it wasn't what I expected, but also it was because I was okay. It's gonna be a campy, you know, horror movie. Kids at the kids at a camp, shit like that. Um, but I was able to figure it figure out the story pretty quickly. And I wanted, I, I kept watching because I wanted to see, if, you know, to what aspect I was right. So uh, I forget, I forget their name, but the, the trans one that uh, he was talking about that, that Kevin yeah. Bacon put in, into the, into the, the boys uh, bunk with them. I thought the title they slash them was going to be about them like that, that was like that was one of, my, one of my first takes i was like okay like is is their story gonna be them turning on the other kids because they were an excellent shooter they you know they they had that killer instinct to to get it done and i was like are they gonna turn on the group at the end or is, is that gonna be one of the plot deploys um your wrong character that I was talking about. She the they put the non-binary um character in the boys' cabin from the that, beginning. That's the that's the character I meant. I didn't know their name. Oh uh, well the one I was talking about, the transitioner one was someone completely oh, different. Oh uh Alex, I think Alex was their name. Might have been Thanks. something like that. Or Alexis. Um, anyway, um overall, like I said, I, I it didn't give me, I, I guess I would say Friday the 13th vibes only because I haven't seen Sleepaway Camp. But it gave me the traditional, you know, kids at camp, you know, doing the raunchy stuff. And there's a killer on the loose, you know, formula for, for a horror movie. Uh, I will agree there was no need for the, the musical scene. But I was on edge thinking shit was going to pop off the entire time. So you needed it. I, I kind of needed it. So like I was like, come on, like some like somebody busted and killed somebody. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, whatever. And it, to me, it just added to the traditional like campy slasher horror vibe to it. You know, some sort of musical scene where they're all hanging out, having fun. I agree with Brady. They had a full list of campers there. But we only focus on, you know, these certain individuals. The extras will pop up and then disappear. And I'm like, okay, well, what about the other, what about the other ones? You know, why why aren't we hearing from them? Like, it's just it was just main focus. So I thought that was kind of odd. I, I cannot I couldn't stand the I guess the the camp staff at all. Which I I guess that's that's the point of it because yeah, they reminded me of young pastors yeah, and stuff to- like that. You're not, You're not supposed, supposed to. Really to that at all. Yeah, I know, but like they, they, they played it, they, they played it so well, and I think that's why I like this movie. Like they, they. Let me give Kevin Bacon some props, his character some props though, because he, he was good. He definitely gets yeah. you in this movie. When his first thing that comes out, he's like, "This is the only time I'm going to mention God right here," and then that's it. And he's just like, "I'm your friend," and all this. Like he gets you, he gets you good, and then he's a mm-hmm. piece of shit. Honestly, yeah. when when he said that, I was like, "Oh, thank God." Because I don't want to hear a bunch of Jesus shit. <laughs> Just that phrase right there. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank God, I don't want to hear a bunch of Jesus shit. <laughs> um, 
but I was like, okay, cool. Like it's not gonna be that kind of camp, but still a bad camp. Um, I, 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 I thought it was pretty good for being, you know, a straight to streaming slasher movie. I was able to figure out the plot pretty quickly and I wanted to see if I was right or wrong at the end. Did you figure out the character, the killer? Mm-hmm. See, I did not kill him. I did not think because she kind of like went along with some of the stuff they did. The moment she she gave the kid the, the medicine that the first kid she helped. Yeah. It all clicked for me. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. It all clicked for me that in the beginning, the killer killed the nurse. She took the job saying she was the person. Like that all like it all clicked for me pretty quickly. Cause I was like, why is she different from the others? Uh, but yeah, so I, that, I figured that out pretty quickly. The only thing I wasn't too sure was um wasn't was the non-binary uh character going to turn on the kids or not luckily they didn't and i was like cool because i like I, by the time i got to the end of the movie i didn't want that to happen but i also did uh pick up on the the skinnier uh guy being part of them i felt like his story didn't check out when he was when they started talking to him all right, I'm just dumb because I didn't pick up on any of this shit. Really? Like I, I expect <laughs> no. you to pick up on all this stuff. I don't like I don't I don't know what it is, but like this movie, I picked up on everything pretty quickly, and I was surprised I I, I was because usually I don't pick up too much on this stuff. Um, because I was like his story doesn't check out properly. Um, uh, but I will you know so to see him turn, I was like saw that coming. I I won't say we didn't need both sex scenes. But we didn't need both sex scenes. Can I just talk about that real quick? Go ahead. Like, I feel like they did that really well. And they by did. what I mean, what yeah. I mean is, first of all, in the the athlete and the skinny guy sex scene, they played a cigarettes after sex song. I love that band. Great choice band. of song. Um, they need to release some new music. It's been a while. I like that. That was the more stereotypical harder sex scene if that makes sense like more more aggressive graphic whereas like the the lesbian sex scene that was literally right before it that's that's the one issue i had with it is that it was literally back to back they could have probably i think that's what it was that that. a little bit better i think yeah, but the fact me. that the lesbian sex scene was more sensual and they didn't get um explicit about it versus the other one it, it's a change up Especially yeah, yeah. for horror, because usual horror, especially a movie like Friday the 13th, would have jumped all over that, like, gone borderline X-rated with that scene. Yeah. And the fact that they switched it up like that, I appreciate. My thing is, the the lesbian scene came more naturally, because obviously there was some sort of connection between the two girls. With the male scene, it there <clears throat> wasn't a connection the the athletic guy obviously questioned his you know his sexuality about it you know he he wanted to be gay but he didn't want to be gay um and with the with the uh, the smaller guy he just kind of showed up and was like hey what's up and then make, made a move on it and I think that, and I think for the, like you said, because they were back to back, I was like, you just gave me this. I don't need to see more sex. 
I think if it was spaced out, then okay. But it was pretty much like back to back, you know, this is what it leads up to. And I think that was like, I was like, okay, that's, I think it was just too much altogether. Uh, granted, I thought it was cool that we saw both a lesbian and a, a gay sex scene, but back to back, then it didn't work for me. I think they had to yeah. space it out. Completely agree. But I thought it was interesting, yeah, that the guys, the guy's sex scene was a bit more aggressive and stuff like that. I was like, oh, they're doing it. Oh, they're doing it. <laughs> like I was, I wasn't too sure how far they were to go into showing it. And I was like, oh, they're fucking showing this thing. Like, get at it. And then it leading into the the shock therapy torture to to him. I was like, fuck, I saw like I saw the guy come, like I saw that he was he wasn't on the group. I kind of got that vibe. And then to see him, you know, help and secure the guy into the into the chair and shock therapy him, I was like, fuck. But yeah, like I said, I, it wasn't a great movie, but it was definitely a a new concept on something, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it; like I, it kept my attention. Uh, and I thought it was a, it was a fresh take on something that's always like I said. I don't really care for because I don't want really to care for slashers. I want to say that like I do appreciate this movie's existence, and I also appreciate you know. Um, Big John and Little John in Halloween Kills. I know people are not a fan of those characters. And like, there's there a lot of there was a lot of memes after the movie was released making fun of those characters. But like me personally, I was like, y'all are missing the point of these characters. It's the first time a really well kind of kind of in a way, the first time a really big slasher franchise gave you openly gay characters. And weren't that weren't there just to be like, oh my god, they're gay. Let's all talk about that. Like they put up a fight for their house against Michael fucking Myers. I I appreciate that writing. Because the last time you get the last time for me at least, you get a character that is gay in a horror movie, they still made it super ambiguous, and that was the entirety of uh nightmare on elm street too. i i ask you guys to watch that movie and then come back to me and you'll see what i mean i'll say okay because i have i have no clue what you're talking about <laughs> you you definitely need to watch that movie and come back to me and you'll know what i mean because um, because at the time the topic was still very taboo because it was the early 80s uh but to, to wrap on to wrap this up because we need to fucking move it along um i give this movie two and a half stars because i said it wasn't i mean it's not the best movie but I felt like if they were trying to bring to bring awareness to these type of camps, because I don't know if these type of camps still exist. I know they did at one point. I don't know if they still do. Sure I feel like some capacity. I feel like they they accomplished that. I think they accomplished that 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 goal. To if you're if they're trying to bring awareness to these type of camps, they 100% reached that goal. Now it's up to the you know people to actually see this movie and look into it to see and see how they can stop it because. 100% these fucking camps should not exist. Let's, next. Uh, let's what do you want on. to do next? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do Prey because that's the next one I have listed up here. And uh, I'll start it because I have my letterbox pulled up. So I gave Prey four and a half stars. Um, and I wrote Prey was a prequel I didn't know I needed. Uh, visually, it was stunning. The planes that they were, you know, were living off of were very beautiful and the colors were very vibrant. 
I was very pleased with the uh, Comanche re uh, representation in this movie, having them speak their own language in parts was a great choice in my opinion. The action in this movie did not disappoint. Fights between not only humans, but also some predatory animals were intense. Overall, this is a great movie, a good spin on a story that showed representation of a culture we usually only read about. Uh, the action was intense and bloody, but the overall story is what kept my attention. And I've, I put, I would wanted to watch this into theater and it's probably one of the stronger straight to streaming movies this year. I loved everything about this movie. Now, because when, when, when you think of Predator, you think of a very machismo uh, film franchise. Son because, of a beach. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's that. Uh, you have Schwarzenegger. You have fucking Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, you have all these, yeah, just rent, you know, this movie gave us two fucking governors. No, I know he's in it, but like, it's so weird. <laughs> one's one's decent, the other one, the, you know. Yeah, but like, <laughs> when, I, when you think of Predator, you think of, you know, Schwarzenegger. Was it Carl know, Weathers in it too? Carl Weathers is in it, yep. yeah. You think of just all these jacked dudes. You, you know, know, Shane Black was as well, right? Yes. Saying. I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not talking about those movies. Uh, that movie. Um, but to have a, a different spin on this movie, on this franchise, I thought was fucking great. Um, the fact that, you know, they they have a female driven who isn't considered a predator. You know, the, the predator um, alien doesn't consider her a threat. So he pushes her by the wayside because she's always being captive every time she it sees her i thought that was a pretty interesting take and to see that the predator itself wasn't as advanced as we're used to seeing them uh kind of put them more on their level i thought that was really cool too um it was it was, it was just a, it was a good take on something that we all know and i really enjoyed it i'd watch the fuck out of this if they put it in theaters i'd go watch it in theaters um and I've been seeing more and more reviews saying it's a great fucking movie and people pushing to do, to do more Predator movies like this in different um, different like eras, like timelines and stuff like that. Like I saw one that there were, I'm guessing it's a famous Japanese uh, actor, but doing it against a samurai. Oh, um, I tried to send something to you guys the other day of... Uh... Kevin Smith on his Fat Man Beyond podcast talking about it, mm -hmm. and both him and Mark Bernardin were like, "Yeah, give me like feudal Japan versus a predator, things like that." Like, and I I feel like this the franchise could stay viable for a fairly long time if they did that. Like, give me, give me, I don't it's know, almost like an Assassin's Creed Civil type War, of type but thing. you have to like fight a predator instead of the South or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fucking put it up against a Viking. Hell yeah. Bro, exactly. <laughs> you you want to go next, Tyler? Because I got a lot of notes. I don't know if you want me to yeah, go through I'd, those. I don't really have much to say about it. I, I didn't take any notes on it or anything. Uh, Joe pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything that I was going to say about it. Uh, yeah, just really good film all around. Uh, I want to go back and watch the, uh, the Comanche dub of it just to I've heard that one's really good. And I want to see how that, like the differences the, between it. It's the whole like movie that. in spoken in their language, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, 
it's it's dubbed over so like they're still speaking english but there's a comanche dialogue over it that's what my understanding of it is cool um i i I knew that was an option too but uh i didn't know how to get to that yeah (laughs) it's just like right there at the bottom underneath like play movie there's like extras and things like that oh okay and then you can select comanche dub or like your language yeah i'm i'm not like big into the predator franchise i've seen the first one maybe once or twice i watched that reboot sequel one that they did a few predators. years back that was yeah i was it predators? the shane black one the one in 2018 yeah that one that yeah the one shane black one. that's where they they go to the <laughs> alien the, that's where they go to the predator planet right no no it had like sterling k brown and keegan michael key in it yeah oh, and i, I, could not, I think I they had like I think they had like one captured that ended up fighting. It was like, like in a military base. Yeah. yeah, they're and they were hunting it, right? Some of that. Something. Something like, like that. that. Okay. I'd, I don't know, but yeah, I like Joe said. I liked that. You know, she wasn't like, I guess, macho. Like he wasn't going after her and stuff like that. It was she's basically or he was basically going around everyone around her, and. uh I'd seen some videos of like the uh, the practical effects of the Predator in this movie, and I really love that they went that route rather than CGIing the hell out of it. Agreed. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Well, first off, shout out to the best actor of the entire movie, the dog. Um. <laughs> so my first note is: if anything happens to this dog, all cap all capitals with like 40 exclamation points my second note is are you fucking kidding me <laughs> because he got caught in... <laughs> exactly he I didn't love that die though. he didn't die fun fact that dog was adopted out of a uh, animal shelter here in georgia oh, and like geez. that shelter like years ago and then like they came back and told him like hey just so you guys know they're in this movie and that shelter is blowing up the movie what a good right boy. now because they're like Best boy. I don't I don't think they would have blown it up as much if the dog died. So I'm glad the dog didn't die. And the actress herself has done like a couple interviews specifically about the dog. And she's like, she's great as that. <laughs> like just like it was a really sweet dog and like it was fun to work with and things like that. Um the cinematography, and then I next to that I put the crying emoji with this hand, you know, the Italian hand. So fucking um, good. I like how it gets started right away without a lot of buildup. It kind of yeah, it did. Uh, I'm really digging the score. It was a good mix between like tribal music and old school video game music as well. Um, So were lions a thing just roaming around the Great Plains in the 1700s or? Yes. That part threw me off because they kept saying lion, but it it was a mountain. And the Great Plains is like. Yeah, I was thinking like Simba. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me too. I was sitting there and like, it's like, why the fuck do they keep talking about lions? And then I'm like, (laughs) and like right before it showed up, I was like, mountain lion. My friend was like, I'm thinking, just get that. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I'm also, they're in the Great Plains. So I'm thinking like North Dakota, South Dakota, up to like Canada area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you forget, guys. Uh, once upon a time, we had wildlife in the United States. 
that wide, the wide shot of Naru in the lion in the tree was as amazing as the OJ slash UFO shot in Nope. Such a good shot. Yeah. Uh, this dude walking into the camp like he did something when his sister did half the work for him. Which he later he admits the, in the movie. The fucking truth. Yeah, yeah man. Because <laughs> uh, like she straight up stabbed that lion, and that lion would have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the scenery is so beautiful. Um, I like that even though the predator is supposed to be more primitive, it still has his HUD or um, heads up display and in- invisibility. Um, I said, "Ugh, did we really need to see all that?" And I said the wolf scene, like we didn't need to go into that much detail. I get it. I get it. And we, we've had this conversation before. I forgot what movie it was, but we, we've um, talked about that too. Northman. Northman. Uh, Northman. With the, with the right. cow. With yeah. the cow and the horse. A uh, huge shout out to DougsTheDogDie.com. The dog was giving me anxiety the whole movie <laughs> and I had to look it up to make sure it lives. <laughs> oh man. That fucking dog. Didn't Real know quick. you had that note in there either before I said this. <laughs> Real quick, how hyped did you get for the bear fight with a back to my next note? Honestly, oh my go, Mr. god, I wrote honestly, go, Mr. Bear, dude, squared up. I <laughs> bear was like, the, let's go. This is this is a bad, uh, like the uh, quote, but I felt like Vince McMahon in the fucking chair where he's like yes you know because that <laughs> fight was fucking intense and i was like fuck yeah i'm here for this the bear squared up is the best <laughs> he still a fuck no <laughs> but man when 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 the predator, predator picked was like, him up, Go, bro back up <laughs> when the predator picked him up and was holding there i was like holy shit yeah <laughs> that that's Real my next note actually is blood predator equals metal as fuck <laughs> it was so fucking metal Real quick, like, while we're on the subject of the animals, all those rabbits have seen some shit, man. <laughs> like, I made a joke to uh, the friend that I was watching it with. I was just like, I want another version of this movie all from the point of view of the, this rabbit right here. <laughs> that rabbit. <laughs> I was like, run, rabbit, please run. Also, real quick, where the fuck was this dog going at the time? The dog would literally just run off. My yep. favorite scene was when the dog ran off and oh. then it came back like, fucking run, bro. And next thing you know, a bear's right after it, like, oh, shit. The, the quicksand scene, like, nope, dude. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> the quicksand scene, I was like, where's the dog? Where's the dog? And then, like, she gets out and, like, it pops that, up. I'm, I'm like, pretty okay, sure that's when cool. I typed in it does the dog die.com. <laughs> I was like, almost lost my cool there. The fight scenes are crazy. Uh, Number 16, I do kind of wish the Predator itself wasn't invisible so much. Some of the fight scenes with humans look kind of wonky. Like the tall grass chase scene looked cool from the overhead view. But once he jumped the dude, he should have been visible to get the kill effect better. Because then you got like some invisible thing knocking some dude down and go in blood spurt. Like, that gave like me, don't get me wrong, uh, it's cool, but... That gave me the Lost World vibes when they're, when they're running in the long grass. Jurassic Park? Yeah. Oh. So in part two of the Lost World Jurassic Park, they're uh they're running away and they're running through the tall grass. And one of the guys yells, Don't you run into the tall grass. And they do they do an overhead shot of everyone running through, and you can see the the raptors coming in angles, fixing to take out the people, and then they were just yeah. pulling the people down under the grass and killing them. It gave me that same energy, and I love that. I love that shot from the movie, and I like that how how well they did it here too yeah 
um so this was when the her brother's friends captured her and like threw her down i said okay she's got to have like at least three to four concussions by now oh shit she was just rocking her head all over the place taking the bumps man it's about damn time he isn't invisible anymore that's what i wrote next (laughs) next i wrote aha he admits it about the brother saying she did have to work (laughs) the i wrote down yes the if it bleeds line if it bleeds we can kill it um the sonic charge sound when they blew the like field up it had that like sound i was like yes (laughs) um also did that with the crying emoji in the italian hands again (laughs) damn i kind of wish he didn't die like his character i liked his character glad he got some good blows in and one last final stand though talking about her brother like i kind of like enjoyed like his character was an asshole but i kind of enjoyed him as well um this is this in the dark fight scene is bad as um is badass with the glowing blood um and i said the green blood face max looks cool and then my final thoughts are full disclosure i've only ever seen the original predator film and the shane black directed one that came out in 2018 i honestly enjoyed this one a lot it didn't blow me away but it didn't outright but i didn't outright hate it either it's a nice coming-of-age story just with fighting a predator as the conflict instead of something like finding your true self or the outsider boy or girl is the person I've really loved the entire time. Um, it's got great action sequences. The cinematography and color grading are both stunning, and the score is very well put together to give you a bit of a video game mixed with a native music vibe. There were a couple scenes I wasn't a fan of, as well as some character choices, and the pacing of the movie wasn't the best. It seemed like it wanted to start right away, but couldn't find its footing. I've seen a lot of talk online about how this movie should have been theatrical, and honestly, I'm fine with it not being a theatrical film. With releases this year, like Everything Everywhere, Top Gun Maverick, The Batman, and Nope, I don't think this movie would have performed well theatrically. I think if it were to go theatrical now, it would do better. Yeah. Not terrible. But it'll do better. I did give it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. And while we're talking about it here on Letterboxd, uh, here's Cole's review for him. Never seen Predator, so I w- went into this mostly blind. The action was cool. And I really dug Amber M- uh, Mid Thunder's character. The film goes pretty fast, all things considered. And I wish we got more t- of the Predator itself, but not bad. The Predator is super awesome, though. Really like the redesign, made it look more primitive and ancestral. Good stuff. And he gave it four stars. Never seen it, but I like the redesign. He probably looked it up. Okay. He probably I, did, I know, yeah. But just logic. Also, fucking predators are cheater, man. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's parts advanced. where he, I mean, yeah, he's more advanced. But I feel like he kind of like toned it down. Like, but I feel like when he'd fight, and he'd be like, ah, son of a bitch, ah, son of a bitch, hey, calm down. And he'd be like, then he'll like <laughs> step up his like his shit and we'll like kind of like, all right, now I'm back in charge again. He's a hustler. I'm like, you're a little cheating <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking hustler. <laughs> all right. Uh, let me just go through this real quick. Um, oh, fuck. Tyler saw it too. Bullet Train. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw Bullet Train. You can go ahead and start this one. I did not okay. see Bullet Train. 
I left mine <laughs> mostly spoiler free because I really want you to like enjoy this movie. Mine's a hundred percent spoiler free too. Like I'm not gonna get in. I didn't write down notes or anything. This is literally just my final thoughts. I I wrote down I notes, but like I said, like it's it's all spoiler free pretty much. So. Um, let me start off by saying I give the I gave this one a full five stars on Letterboxd. Um, and this is what I gotta say. There's been two films this summer that I've walked out of and said movie of the summer. And it's this and Nope. Seriously, this movie was just absolute fun from start to finish. Great story, great cinematography, great humor, and very enjoyable characters, as well as some fun cameos. The characters of Lemon, played by uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and Tangerine, by played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, were both really well-written and need their own movie. But if I'm being honest, Brian Tyree Henry absolutely stole this entire movie um this was released the same week as prey and honestly it proved my point that if prey was theatric was released theatrically it would have bombed going up against this i highly recommend this in a large format theater if you can such as imax or dolby for mine it actually starts off similar to brady's (laughs) i put this is basically the second movie this year that i went into not knowing what to expect from it And holy shit, what a fucking incredible movie. A perfect blend of violent, action-packed chaos and comedy. Uh, The Lemon and Tangerine parts were such great British-style comedy that I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that enjoyed slash audibly laughed at in the theater. I'm not the biggest fan of Brad Pitt, but he was definitely great in this movie. The entire cast was incredible, honestly. The cameos were unexpected and hilarious, regardless of how short they were. Uh... The almost constant twists played well into the story and never felt forced in the slightest. Overall, it was a very well-written movie, a perfect blend of action and comedy that didn't really go too overboard either way. And the way that all the stories came together was absolutely flawless. Absolutely love this movie. Five stars. Let me add one thing uh, that I want to ask you. Were you let down by the villain? Like the reveal of who the villain was? Not really. I mean... I just feel like it could have been a better actor. I... I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you like who the actor was, <laughs> but take your ears out real quick, Joe. Michael Shannon, he played Zod in like the um, Superman movie, Zack Center. All right, yeah, I didn't know. Okay, uh, Cole <laughs> yeah, gave couldn't... it five. Yeah, was... I'm just not a huge fan of him, so I was like, yeah, gotcha. Um, Cole gave it five stars, and he said easily the best movie I've seen this year, next to Elvis. Such a creative idea told with fantastic characters and some great comedic moments. Lemon and Tangerine deserve a spinoff now. Also, fun fact, this is technically a Thomas the Tank Engine movie. <laughs> he's true. He's got of it there. Course. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, Joe, he's not wrong on this one. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> like, I've never thought about Thomas the Tank Engine as deeply as <laughs> after seeing this movie. <laughs> oh, God. So good. <laughs> and um, I definitely agree with them about uh, Lemon and Tangerine getting a spinoff, especially I since they, they told enough of their stories like in there that you they can, could pick any you of one of those. Movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and get started on Day Shift. Um, off the bat, color grading is crazy. Uh, Tupac is a decent start to the movie. You know, got some Tupac in there. I like that. Uh, the body contortion is crazy. <laughs> they used real contortionists for that, by the way. Um, the phone not being mind. 
the phone not being on speaker mode uh, made me so annoyed. There's like a scene where he was talking on the phone. You could hear it, but it wasn't up to his ear. But they showed the phone and it wasn't on speaker either. So I'm like, how are you hearing this? It just, he just it, has the volume up all the way. It bothered me. It bothered me. Uh, setting up a franchise possibly uh, possibility early. The dynamic between Dave Franco and Jamie Foxx is fun slash funny. I enjoy Snoop Dogg's character. The Nickelback ringtone. That <laughs> <laughs> shit caught me off guard, dude. I, uh, oh, now they're playing ODB. Nice. Uh, that bike crash. Oof. The twist of Dave Franco's character gives me mixed feelings. Uh, they play Body Count, which I absolutely love. Uh, Snoop Dogg doing an old school Django type character has me dying, much like the vampires he's killing. <laughs> Um, wish they would have done more with Snoop. He's arguably the best thing about this movie. And then number 15, Django and Chain reference. Um, and I forgot what it was, honestly. Uh, this movie, Final Thoughts, this movie was very confused on what it wanted to be. Parts of it were horror comedy. Parts of it were an old school buddy cop type film, complete with the jazzy guitar backing soundtrack. And parts of it were hyper violent gun slash blade feeling. Um, and if you don't know what gun Fu is, just think Matrix, John Wick, things like that. Um, overall, kind of felt like a high-budget sci-fi channel original movie with a decent cast. Snoop Dogg was arguably the best part of this movie, and he wasn't in it enough. The pacing was nice, but it also felt like this movie could have been about 20 to 25 minutes less in time, and it would have been better. There was a couple of fun references I picked up on as well as a couple of fun music choices. Shout out to their use of body count. Uh, but unfortunately, this movie fails or falls into the category of movies that you know, kind of touches on what we said earlier. Movies that I'll see scrolling through Netflix in a year or so and say, oh, yeah, forgot that was a thing. I think if they picked one genre to go with or even blended a couple together better and added a campy feel to it, it would have worked better. Um, so there's mine. I gave that two and a half stars on Letterboxd. And then real quick, Cole gave it three stars. And he said, this had potential of vampire buddy cop film. Cool. The opening was fantastic, but then I was bored out of my mind for the next 40 minutes or so. But it finally started picking up halfway through and managed to stay decent enough throughout. But good God, does the villain here suck? Yes, the villain sucked. Uh, I have an unspoken rule about films. A hero is only as good as their villain. And though Jamie Foxx is a bit better than the antagonist, he also could have done with another script rewrite. Look, if I want vampires and um, I, uh, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'll watch Twilight because at least the villains there strike fear into your soul. Cole, what the f- Oh, you're a fucking moron. What? With that last line. <laughs> yeah. I should have reread that before it, I read that. Probably. Oh God, he's an idiot. He, he's such he an was, idiot. He was off to such a good start, too. Like, I, like you got he was, to that line he was, about, like... Cole, uh, you were doing great, and then you just fucking dropped the ball. That line about a hero only being as good as its villain, like, I was like, wow, Cole's really, like, like onto something for a while. I was like, what Spider-Man movie did he steal that from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll go. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I gave this movie. Let me give this movie. Uh, I gave this one 
three stars. I fucking loved this movie. I thought it was stupid as shit. I thought it made absolutely no sense because it was jumping all over the place about trying to identify what it wants to be. But it was fun as hell. I thought, you know, it would, it's little quirks about it just, you know, it being kind of all over the place was fun. Um, I, well, I, I agree that Snoop Dogg was the best part of this movie, but he was the worst fucking actor in it all, man. He was stiff as shit, but he was fun. But uh, I I liked the movie. I didn't take notes on it because I, I just kept laughing the entire time. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but I enjoyed it overall. Like I, said, I gave it three stars, but I didn't take any notes because there was, I didn't know what to take notes on. Like there was the the story was a was a bit you know uh, clunky. It was funny. I liked the 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 gradient on it and everything. Um, uh, Dave and Jamie Foxx's you know back and forth was good. Uh, Dave Franco's character was hilarious to me. Uh, the fact that he kept pissing his pants was fucking great. Um, I felt like this was just like a fun kind of end of summer movie to to watch. Um, if you didn't really just want to put something on for, you know, for kicks. My thing is, though, I feel like Netflix has a formula when it comes to these type of movies, like not vampire hunter type movies. I mean, like these, they're sci-fi is that they kind of do because this gave me like the same vibe as the Will Smith one. What was it? Uh, right. That one. Um. And it kind of gave me the fucking Army of the Dead vibes too, like just the, I don't know how to how to put up like how to describe it, but it had this that <clears throat> Netflix filter to it. I mean, yes, I know it's a Netflix That's, movie. I know I like the color grading, but that that has to do with the color grading. Like, I think Netflix I think Netflix tends to put like an orange-ish red tint to their stuff maybe that's that's what it is because like I was like you can tell this is a Netflix sci-fi movie. They they do it on their just regular ass TV. There's a show on Netflix, dude, called uh, Selling Sunset. It's literally about like retailers, like mm-hmm. retail, like they're selling houses mm-hmm. in like California or something like that, like L- across LA. And they literally put that same orange and red filter on it that like it's blinding almost. And you're just like, yeah. can you and it turn just, down it, the lights a little, bro? It felt so bright in that entire movie. Like I had to watch it with sunglasses. And I get they're trying Which is to ironic because vampires can't go out in the sun. And I get they're in Cal- they're in California and stuff like that. So it's supposed to be like, you know, you know, sunny and all that stuff, but it was too bright. And yeah, the fucking the uh the the villain sucked. And I was like, what like it there was no real good you know build up for her. Bro, it sucked so hard I forgot to even mention them in my fucking Yeah, I mean there's like, like whatever. Um but like I said, it's even though that was bad and stuff like that, it was everything else that kept me entertained for this movie. Like the fuck, the fight scenes were great when they got to the hive house and they had the, I forget the brothers' names, but they were like you know they were fucking funny too. I think it was like Nasario brothers. Oh, the Steve Howie's character. Sure. The guy from Shameless. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I get what you're talking about now. Uh, learn your actors come on please um 
like it, I just I found like everything else was great. Like that this was that kept this movie in like entertaining for me. Like I had a blast just watching it. It was it was funny, just watching the banter back and forth was a good time for me. Um, yeah, they kind of opened it up to having uh, a sequel because they kept referencing a an El Jefe, uh villain, which it wasn't this it wasn't this female villain. So there's another person over her. Um, would I watch it? Yeah, I'll probably watch it just to kind of see how the story unfolds. Um, but this movie for me wasn't something to like deep dive into and dissect. It was just a fun I, movie. I agree with you there that like if they do come out with a second one, I'll watch it versus Army of the Dead where the second one's already been released. I have no interest. I forgot it came out already. Yeah, I know. It, like, it, I had no it literally came that. out like a month after the first one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, literally about the best character of the movie. I just don't want to watch it. No, it's about the French safe crack. Yeah, the, the safe guy. Yeah, four. Yeah. I don't care. He's but, also um, making uh, Zack Snyder's also making like a Star Wars type franchise for Netflix, and they've already greenlit the second movie, even though the first one I don't think is even out of like drawing concepts right now. Goes back to my it. point. You're gonna throw up three things. One of them's gonna work. I don't know how I feel about Zack Snyder. I'm always on that fence about Zack Snyder. I want to like him. Do better, Zack. If you're hearing this, do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's hearing this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it was a fun movie. Kind of a good way to end the summer. Good times. Uh, just go in there. Not, don't expect much. Just have fun with it. I didn't even get halfway through this movie. <laughs> I was kind of blaming it on the fact that I watched it right after I got off work today and I went in at 4 a.m. got off at one and I was trying to squeeze it in before I took a nap and probably woke up too late to actually squeeze it in before the podcast but it just it wasn't keeping my attention at all I got I know Snoop Dogg showed up because I was like oh that's cool (laughs) and then uh I think the last thing I saw was uh, Dave Franco started like hanging out with them i i couldn't even tell you what was going on but i was gonna give it another shot on like maybe a day that i'm off or something but hearing y'all's reviews kind of make me feel like i i made the right choice (laughs) so it's a fun movie if you just want to see something you know some funny action pop it on the contortionist the vampires in this movie that were were uh were portrayed by contortionists real people and some of the like the the fights and the hits they they take, uh, like knowing that's a real person makes me fucking cringe because the way they bend their body and shit like that is fucking nuts. Yeah, the the kills in the opening scene were brutal and amazing. Yeah. But there there's one I scene just... when when they're at the hive house, uh Dave Franco is freaking out and like there's a vent in the wall on the floor. Mm-hmm. It pops open. And this fucking vampire like spider crawls out with their legs in front of them and like crawls out and like stands up like that. And he's like, oh, oh no. Ah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, these fucking people. And I, yeah. I, I, I showed Brady the quick behind the scenes video about about them, uh, the, contortion, the contortionist on set and stuff like that and watching them. It was fucking nuts. Nice. Yeah, I'll probably give it another chance. Like, sometime later this week but i just i could not do it today (laughs) i just was not into it at all i mean 
it's not much. stranger things it's not stranger things it's not gonna blow up still haven't seen i haven't either. seen anybody talk about it <laughs> yeah other than like maybe a couple people on tiktok who exclusively talk about movies so it's like their version of a podcast that's what they talk about so obviously they're going to be more in tap to talk about things like that but like we yeah. are but it seems like the gray man is the bigger franchise for him Ugh. I forgot about the gray man. And man, that yeah. was fucking bad. The only reason I remembered that was because I went to I went to type in like day shift on Netflix and for some reason like that popped up like two movies over. And I'm just like, why? Did we talk about that last episode? Yeah. We did, right? Or oh, one of the last episodes at least. Yeah. Um movie sucked. Yeah. They they wanna make it a franchise. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, if you gave me a choice between this and the Gray Man, I would pick this though. Oh yeah, not to the ten. I just love Ryan, and I love Ryan Gosling. I mean, I do too. But that movie was so slow and boring. It was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> if you told uh, me Snoop Dogg was in this, I'd pick it over the Gray Man. I <laughs> I hope they like do something with his character in the second one. Because of oh spoilers, Tyler, he uh, I don't care. <laughs> he comes in with a um, not I guess a minigun. It could have been a Gatlin gun, something like that. That was killing a bunch of vampires, which is something they do in one of the, which is something they do in one of the earlier Django movies. Um, plus he's dressed like a cowboy the entire time, so that's why I'm like, he's giving you Django vibes. They have him like, his death was the best, bro. They had it, or what you thought was his death. They had him like hold off a bunch of vampires to his death. And like he opens up his jacket and he has like a light bomb strapped to him. And he pulls off the things and goes, What's that motherfucker? And then blows up. <laughs> but Beautiful. then at the end of the movie, <laughs> the end of the movie, he crawls through a manhole and he's like, God damn, and lights up a cigarette or a joint and starts walking away. Like, just like, Yep, they didn't of kill course. us. <laughs> like I said, he was good. But he was the fucking stiffest thing on oh, update, around it. Update, update. We got an update from Cole. He just oh, came God. in and said, should have been specific and said Eclipse, the third one. My bad. Because that's going to fucking help. Yeah. It still don't help. It's still a Twilight yeah. reference. <laughs> uh, also, Cole, buddy, Twilight over Blade? Twilight over Blade? Over, get off? over Wesley Snipes' Blade? Queen of the Damned? Over Wesley Snipes Blade Trinity? Over Guillermo del Toro directed Wesley Snipes and Blade 2? Which he did. Anyway. Um, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, I'm just naming random vampire movies. I kind of like From Dust Till Dawn. It oh, okay. it's a classic. I haven't seen Queen of the Damned, I don't think. I, I know about the soundtrack. There's like corn shits on it, but. Brady. Queen of the Damned is like 2000. I don't know. I don't know, Joe. Sometimes you. All right, I'll check that it's out. It's pretty good. But like, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. You're like, listen, I started kills, and I'm like, oh, dead. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, you Real like quick. horror. Yeah, what fucking do you like slasher movies? Real Real quick. Could uh, could we get a round of applause for the fact that my computer didn't fuck up for this whole episode? Hey, this episode isn't over yet. goddammit. it. Yeah, but I mean, we've got through the reviews at least without me having to restart my computer. It just took you forever <laughs> to fucking get on. <laughs> I mean, you know, sacrifices had to be made. 
<laughs> uh, that's all I got, though. What's on the release radar? Oh, oh, shit. Clerks 3 comes out in a couple weeks. And nobody cares oh, yeah. because after, uh, for the next episode, we were, ref- we're reformatting the, the podcast to be all about Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings series from... Uh, uh, I will not be Amazon attending Prime. those episodes. And if I have to, I'll just march on lynch my entire existence through those episodes and be like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Because uh, I, uh, I will not watch that goddamn not. show. No, it's Velocipaster and Identity. Let's no, go. Uh, I don't know when, but next month has to be Godfather month because they're giving Godfather one and two at Alamo. I meant like I meant like weeks. release radar, like new things. Like, come on, Joe. Yeah, it's new to Cole. He hasn't seen them. Yep. <laughs> Movies that come out this year. Uh, I don't know. We'll Other do our own podcast, three. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll do yeah. bonus episodes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, go for it. I don't know. What else is coming out? All I know is... Hold on, let me look up. Yeah, I'm going to go to my Alamo Draft House app. Because you have... You, you take Clerks 3. I'm not going to watch that. I mean, I don't... You're not going to watch the first two and, like, help me review it? Okay. I mean, where am I supposed to stream that? I don't know. Um, HBO oh, Max, that, I believe. That Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul movie looks good. What? Uh, it's yeah, like, it looks uh, kind of funny. Oh, the Sterling K. Brown, like, Clefflo yeah. Dollar type movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm down to watch Orphan First Kill. I kind of want to see Bros. Bros? It's a... It's a romantic comedy, and I think oh. it's written... Yes, yes, yes. I saw, written by I, I Billy saw, Eichner. I saw the trailer for it. No, it's not... Wait, is it? Yeah, written by Billy Eichner. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it. It looked it looks pretty. It's funny. also written by um or directed written and directed by the guy who has done Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, Five Year Engagement, Neighbors, and Neighbors Two, yes. and the Muppets Most Wanted. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> What's up? You want to go see uh, Dread in 3D at Alamo? I just saw that. I was I was going to talk to you about it afterwards. I'm totally oh, yeah. down for that. Oh, this brings me to a different point real quick. Uh, Last one thing Cole shared before we got on for us to talk about, and we totally forgot to mention it. Apparently, Warner Brothers also only has enough money to release two things a year now. And so this year (laughs) it's going to be Black Adam and that that movie with Florence Pugh and Harry Styles called Don't Worry, Don't Worry, Darling. I'm excited for that one. What the fuck is it about? I I don't know how to see it. I have every time I go to the movies. I don't know what it's about, but I want to see yeah, it. I, I'll probably go see it. It looks interesting enough. Worst case scenario, I get to look at Florence Pugh for like an hour and a half, two hours. So I don't know what it's about, but I want to watch it. That oh, one is oh, a... oh, Pearl, September 16th. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck wasn't that, that popping up on Alamo? Yeah, so that's a good Alamo? movie. It might, it, it might be able to get released next week on, on Alamo. We're going to go watch that um, for sure. Oh yeah. We also have there's bodies, bodies, bodies that you're excited about. I've seen some um reviews mm. for it. And I think I'm gonna like first of all, the reason there's two reasons I'm gonna wait. One is because the show times are just trash. It's literally like a show time at one in the afternoon or nine p.m. I'm doing stuff at one in the afternoon and I'm too old to go out at nine p.m. 
week. Says me who's going to concerts in a couple of weeks and things like that. <laughs> but still, um, I've also read that like it's Gen Z Q or Clue. I mean, oh, I was like, that's Gen the vibe Z I get. Q? Yeah. And I'm just like, just doesn't look as funny. I, and Pete Davidson. I just, yeah. Pete don't get me wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. King of New York or King of Staten Island or whatever his movie was called, where it was semi-autobiographical about him. Great movie. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. As much as I hate Pete Davidson, it was a good movie. It touched me really hard. Steve Buscemi steals that movie. And he's Never in it, it for not very it, it's it's about basically Pete Davidson. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen um, like the trailers for it and stuff like that. I just, but you know, I, like you know, I the care. story about like his dad was legitimately a firefighter. Yeah, who died in nine eleven? Like I that. know that because of a joke that someone made on the roast of Pete Davidson. <laughs> was the road of Pete Davidson, or was it the uh, or, or Charlie it Sheen some, one? It was some roast that Pete Davidson was there. I just remember, I think it was like, the Charlie Sheen one with Jimmy Carr, and he yeah, said okay. it. Because the guy said, like, it, this isn't the roast of Pete Davidson. Holy uh, shit, Jimmy Carr. I haven't heard that in years. No, that's right. Everybody's making jokes about Pete Davidson's dad. He's like, this is not the roast of Pete Davidson's dad. That was 9-11. Ah! How did those become? Because I'm pretty sure Mike Tyson was on it. And, uh... Of course it was. Pete Davidson was just like, yep, you got me there. And Mike Tyson's like... <laughs> He's like yeah, I got, funny, I got you, that's Pete. Funny. What are you gonna do about it, Pete? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was one of those. Oof. Y'all ever um, heard Tom Segura's joke about meeting Mike Tyson? <laughs> we'll say it off there. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to y'all. It's There's hilarious. another movie uh, coming out. Um, I forget the name of it, but a couple goes to a, like a small island for a dinner, and uh, like people are fucking getting murdered on the island. Yeah, I forget the name of it. Sounds like every uh, other horror movie that comes out. <laughs> Voldemort's in it, so it was like an interesting twist. Oh, let me look that up then. What's his face? Uh, Ralph is it, Fiennes. Is it the menu? Yes, the menu. Yeah, I want to see that. I don't know that what it's about other than like a chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. the menu. All right, well, I'm going to end the podcast here. You guys got anything else to say? Nope. El Santa smoke catnip. All right. I was looking for Oh fuck it! Damn! Fuck what you heard! It's what you hearing? It's what you hearing? Listen! It's what you hearing? Listen! It's what you hearing? Listen! X gon' give it to you. Fuck me for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to you. Knock knock, open up the door, it's real. With the non-stop pop out the stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it, but I got such a good heart that I'm.